0: Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead.
1: Welcome to the Best Friends Fancast and Allison Rosen fan podcast. I am your host, Lisa Lowry. And I
2: am your co-host, Rafael Marquez Castañeda. A.K.A. I have no A.K.A.'s today.
1: No need for any. That's that's a mouthful. It's good to talk to you, though. I'm glad that uh, you're on tonight and back from the bar in time for the show.
2: Yeah, I was cutting it (laughs) close. Sorry to blow your cover. No, it's fine. I was cutting it close. Um, I switched jobs, so my hours are different. And uh, Rachel has been on vacation for like two weeks, and she's just been neglected. So I was like, I have to take her out before I do the podcast, and then... So, we made it just in time, I feel like.
1: Oh, good. So, she's passed out while we do this. Um, This week, we will talk about... Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Rachel. This week, we will talk about the Monday episode with Jake Weisman from Corporate and the Thursday episode, Demi's Semis. Or is it Demi's Semis? Eh, it It probably should rhyme. Dave's Falcon's Allison's New Year Teeth. And as a bonus, we will have a mini thank you for being a fan episode shoved right in. But first, we need to introduce our very special guest, Stand up comedian, graphic artist, podcast host, wife, mom, and most importantly, an Allison Rosen fan, it's Randy Lawson. Welcome, Randy. Thanks for having me, guys. It's awesome that you're, I mean, beyond excited to have you on. Uh, full disclosure, I do get a little bit nervous in general when I'm, we're doing the shows, even though we're talking to friends all the time. And knowing that you were on the show, I was just like, holy shit, I am about halfway through a bottle of wine, to be honest. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Well, it's all good. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, no need to be nervous. Um, I'm halfway through a, a vape because I'm a vape mom now.
1: Whoa so. <laughs> Okay, so you are a mom. are how old is your daughter? She's a year and a half. Okay, so yeah, it's it's still new, but you're kind of in the in the swing of things by now.
0: Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you? So you're, and you're married to Mike Lawson. hmm I am. And do you guys have any plans to have any more kids?
0: I think we are what they call one and done. That's kind yeah. Of I have nice. one I really like. I have this one. She's pretty cool. I feel like I'm fulfilled. So uh, yeah, I think we're good.
1: I think that's kind of awesome. It's nice when you're when you know. I I wanted to have about twelve until I had my first. I'm well, like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> maybe one more, and that's about it um so you were born in maryland and you live in philly now now as a cold weather hater you sound like you should live in california what's what's uh, the temperature there right now
0: oh man it's really cold you live in southern california right yes
1: so So, i think it's about 70 right now
0: Uh, (laughs) it is so (laughs) cold here um there was a snowstorm here today um and i drove it to get to work and it sucked and it's just so freezing and it also sucks like i'm sure as a parent you can understand all the parents out there um when you're stuck in the house with a toddler it's way different than being able to play outside yeah i love philly philly's an awesome city uh i recommend it to anyone looking for a cool city to visit but wait till spring and summer or fall just not winter (laughs)
1: Yeah, I can't even imagine. I know when I get to wear socks, you know, it's probably about 60 here and I'm so excited about it. But uh, living with snow, I've never had to do that. So it's uh, beyond me. Um, Have you thought of moving to California?
0: You know, I love California. Uh, I visited L.A. a lot, but uh, my husband's business is in Philly and uh, our family's all between Maryland and Pennsylvania. So it's just not on the cards for us. Uh, at least at this point. But, yeah, I feel like I was born in the wrong part of the country. I'm thinking i a California girl pretty much in every stereotype that there could be. Maybe Allison and I should switch lives because she always talks about how she's a true New Yorker and felt more like an East Coaster, and I feel the opposite.
1: That's so true. She hates the sunshine. Hates it. <laughs> I don't oh, understand. understand that. <laughs> That that yeah that doesn't register for me. I know where uh, Raphael is. It's probably snowing as well. So I I don't relate to either of those places. Fortunately, it's not snowing
2: today. It's a nice thirty seven degrees. It's like you know not too cold, but not so warm. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and so we should probably mention that Randy Lawson is one of like what I consider like the OG super fans of Allison and she has been on an episode back when they were in the Corolla studio. And I I knew you from like, when I heard you on that episode, I knew you because you called in back when they used to take calls on the Doug Benson episode oh, yeah. and you talked wow, you about remember that? that's crazy. Oh yeah. And like through the years I've like, I re-listened to Allison episodes and yours, I've probably heard like five times maybe, but um. You called in, you had a question about what it's like trying to work in a male environment as a woman. And so can you tell us a bit about your job? Because I know, I know what you do and it's like super cool, but you should tell us about that a bit.
0: Okay, thank you. Well, um, I am an art director at a um, housewares and novelties company. So, when you go to a place like Urban Outfitters or Target or Kohl's or even mom and pop shops and you buy the funny junk, um, whether it be like licensed stuff, which is means like stuff for, um, from TV, movies, music, like a mug with a Batman logo, or original games, funny drinkware, all that kind of stuff. So, I designed that for my day job, uh, and, um, I'm the art director of the department, which essentially just means I'm a graphic designer, but I'm the head graphic designer. And I only bring that up uh, not to rub it in my coworkers faces because we talk about being like, you know, a woman in charge of men and a woman in a mostly male uh, workplace, which has its own interesting challenges. And I remember calling in because I genuinely wanted to know what Allison thought because she uh, was in a similar situation and the, the lone female in a a workplace that's highly creative but also highly male driven
2: okay and so before we get to your allison origin story i just want to so like the the company you work for uh like mm-hmm. you design like like what are your most famous designs because like i like some of the companies that you like you mentioned urban outfitters or like spencer's gifts so like what are like your favorite things that we might know
0: Oh, boy. Well, I would encourage all the listeners to go to iCupOnline.com. That's our company's website. Um, ICUP. Get it? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because we make cups, but we're also very clever. Um, I have some favorites I've designed. One of my biggest, I felt like, original accomplishments was uh, we were designing a lot of T-shirts for Spencer Gifts for a while. And they were very, like, male, raunchy humor. And it always gave me a laugh to think that, like, the dudes who would buy the shirts I designed would be so pissed to know, like, a tiny woman designed these shirts, you know, like. Um, but a shirt I designed was worn by Zach Galifianakis in the movie The Hangover. So that was really cool. Um, and I designed um, a Wonder Woman apron that looks like it has her body printed on it. And that was really popular. Kelly Ripa wore it on, uh, live with, I'm not sure her co-host was <laughs> at the time, Michael and Kelly. Um, I'm trying to think over the years, other things that, I mean, for me, because I'm such a pop culture fan, when something I've designed enters the zeitgeist, um, that is my favorite. It makes me feel like I'm part of the bigger picture. So,
2: And I think that kind of thing. The, most fans might recognize uh, your work because you designed the uh, heart bracelet that says best friends or Alison Rosen is your new best friend, I think it says, which is kind of the inspiration for, the logo that is for our podcast, actually.
0: You know, I think your logo is really great because I think that, yes, it has that inspiration, but it has a, a similar aesthetic to Allison's like current website. Um, so I feel like it's a really
1: nice uh, tie-in.
2: I think this is a good place for you to give your shout-out to yes. Ray.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a good place to uh, shout-out to you, Ray, for the updated logo to add Raphael's name. I hope you liked it, Rafi.
2: Oh, yeah, it was great. I don't care if my name was on the logo, but it's nice that it is.
1: Yeah, it was about time. I thought for the new year, we needed to have your name in there. And yeah, I, I'm very happy with it. I think eventually in the next maybe year, I'd like it to be honestly a little more similar to Randy's necklace piece of art. Um, just maybe all the words in the heart. So maybe we'll work on something like that. But for now, I just want to get your name on there. Um, it must be interesting to put things out there where you're like, that's mine, but you can't say anything, but you can, I mean, you're on, you're on Twitter, you have many followers and, and by the way, how are you unverified? How is this possible? Sorry. Those a lot of things all in one sentence.
0: So as far as verification, here's the thing. I don't have, all you need to get verified is like, I guess essentially to do something that someone will want to copy. Like you are, I'm just me. Um, so I've had people tell me that I could make attempts to get verified. I just haven't really made an effort. So, but as far as I know, no one has catfished me or posed as me. Uh, so I just, uh, kind of just been letting it slide, but it would be cool to have that blue check mark. I guess that is kind of like a status thing. Maybe now that I've been on here, I can get verified. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) This ought to push you up. (laughs) They actually might look at this and go, "Mm, this might get you banned or something. (laughs) I'm always worried about that, uh, okay, so you were the host of Randy Pants podcast, which mm-hmm. we were talking about a little bit before we were recording, and I just started catching up on. I've heard the first three episodes. I'm bummed that it's not more than I think what is it eight episodes
0: well, of course, and it's
1: uh, and it's awesome. Thank you
0: in a perfect world, we would have continued to do it. but in the world of like bingeable short series like Um, the Netflix is of the, the, like those kind of things. I like to think of it as maybe it was just a seven episode arc (laughs) and best left (laughs) off, uh, tied up with a nice bow at the end. Um, yeah, it was a really really fun podcast to do. My good friend, Nick McNevich, who is also a Twitter personality who lives close to me. We started hanging out a lot and we were having great conversations and we're both podcast fans. So we started doing the podcast yeah, it's the Randy Pan show. It's still on iTunes, and I don't know how well it holds up. You guys have listened to it more recently than I have. But, um, you know, I'm really proud of it. I put a lot into it, and it was really fun to do. So anyone who feels like listening to – who has a good seven hours <laughs> to kill while they're at work <laughs> or at the gym, feel free to listen.
1: It's very good. If you ever get back to it, I think you will have even more fans because it was a really good show. And I, I know you talked also about maybe having a show with your daughter, and I think that would be – Awesome. It would be interesting. You can even do like a 15 minute show a week or something. Just this is where we're at now.
0: Well, the thing is that the one of the reasons I stopped doing Randy Pan's show was because it was a lot of uh, was a lot of work. But uh, as you guys know, doing a podcast, a lot of work, but it was super highly produced. And I love that about it. But uh, given the fact that I'm, you know, I have it all. I'm a, a working mom. I genuinely don't have the time to put into it that I used to. Um, so I was thinking if I do a podcast again, what can I use at my disposal that doesn't take a lot of effort? And I was like, well, I'm with my daughter all the time. So, and she's for one and a half man, she's a good hang and she's really funny. Uh, of course everyone thinks that about their kids, but I feel like maybe she'd be a good podcast host. I mean, she's not Instagram famous yet and I'm kind of pissed at her for that, but we'll get there.
1: (laughs) I think you will. Uh, I think she's got a good trajectory here with you as a mom, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I think that you also maybe just need a Colonel Jeff in your life like we all would love to have.
0: Well, I actually have one, which oh. is why my podcast uh, was so nicely produced. My husband is a record producer and has a recording studio, so he did a ton of work on the podcast, which is why it sounds so good and why I had so many awesome bands on the, sh- on the show because they were often bands who were recording with my husband and were nice enough to be on the show or allow me to play some of their music, so... Uh, yeah, (laughs) I have my own, I have my own Colonel Jeff, but, uh, uh, we'll have to take, take advantage of him, uh, when we both have more time.
1: Yes. You know what? Let's talk about how you became an Allison Rosen fan. I mean, going from a fan to a guest on her show, not that I'm taking notes, but I'd like to know how that works. Uh, how did you become a fan of Allison?
0: So, um, I became a fan of Allison through listening to the Corolla show. Uh, if I try to explain, I'll go a little, go in the way back machine for a second. I've always been obsessed with television, pop culture, all that kind of stuff, comedy, but I wasn't allowed to have a TV in my room as a child, as a child, as a teen throughout my whole life. Um, so I would listen to Loveline every night. Um, cause all I had was the radio and I, I think it was the closest thing. Loveline was like the closest thing there is to podcasts at, back in the nineties and I got really into it. So then, um, obviously fast forward, what, like 15, 20 years, um, when I saw podcasting start and Adam was really one of the originators, I started listening to his podcast. I was like, oh yeah, that was the guy I used to listen to on the radio. I'll listen to him while I work. And I started listening to that. And then I think, as much as, um, I think Teresa Strasser was an excellent host, I think once Allison joined the show, Um, I really got more into it, became a much more committed fan because I felt that she took the show to such a higher level and I kind of fell for her instantly. Uh, and I became a bigger fan of hers than I was of Adam's and really became committed to being uh, a listener of hers.
1: Okay. So you've originated from where a lot of us have hearing her from Adam. That's where (laughs) I started hearing her from. And I, uh, Raphael, you go back before that, I think, right? I should know.
2: Oh, you're an OG of, like, the, the webcast she had and everything? Not from Ustream. I knew her from Red Eye. And oh, wow. Then, but similar to your story, I knew uh, Adam from Loveline. And then when I was, like, looking for stuff to listen to, I started looking through the, like, popular podcast and I found his show. That same story? And it was around the time that Allison joined. Um, and that's how I kind of got back in to Adam's world. And back into Allison's at the same time.
1: So this week I was l- going back and listening to Randy when you were on ARI I think it was October of 2014, something like that. And <laughs> just hearing the Bobo Boys and all of that, that iteration of the Thursday gang is so strange to hear that all over again. It's crazy how much she reinvents herself every single time she's thrown a curveball.
0: Yeah, and you know, I really liked that show and it was a true joy to be on it. But I have to say that I prefer Dining Room Studios, uh, to the Corolla Studios and, and kind of the, the latter versions of, latter means later, right? <laughs> the latter versions of her show after she ended up leaving, uh, the Corolla Studios. And I, no offense to the Boba Boys, but, um, you know, the Kim Joneses, Greg, and now David Huntsberger and this whole gang, I feel like, um, is a nice fit for her.
1: I agree. Going back and listening, I remembered how much I was so bummed and how my world <laughs> had just crashed when that was over. But now going back and listening, I think, gosh, it's so different and it's so much better now. So much better. Yeah. So um, how do you go from Allison fan to Allison guest?
0: Hmm. Well, um, as a fan of hers from the beginning, I think that, you know, oftentimes when I'm a fan of something, back when I used to have a lot of spare time, <laughs> I would do some kind of art or graphic design for them uh, just for fun. Uh, and I believe I, you know, got really into her and listening to her and I did that heart thing. And I believe I followed her Instagram back when Instagram was fresh and she followed me back, which was awesome. So we had that kind of like uh, more of a connection uh, through Instagram. And then, um just kept in touch a little bit here and there about graphic design stuff. And I'd done some, after she saw what I had done for the hearts, I'd done a few little graphic design things for her. And then I was coming to L.A. for a trip to visit some friends, and it just happened to be when L.A. PodFest was. Um, so I went to her podcast and got to meet her then. And I feel like we, we I mean, this is all in my head, but I'd like to say we clicked a little bit. And then I visited L.A. another time, I think, The next year. And I also became friendly with Gary, the producer from the Corolla show um, through, uh, I I think, through Twitter at that point. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think when you have a certain amount of Twitter followers, it gives you a little bit of legitimacy when you reach out to people who you're fans of or in popular culture and entertainment. So I think I became friends on Twitter with Gary and I was going to be in L.A. And I asked him at the time if I could come and sit in on an episode while they recorded Allison Rosen because I was going to be in town. And he said, why don't you be on it? And I said, are you sure? And he said, oh yeah. And of course, I'm not sure if it was his idea or Allison's. I think it was his, but she was totally aboard with it and welcoming. And it was a dream come true. Super awesome.
1: Wow. That's, that's huge. Did you just like uh, pinch yourself when you, when he asked you that?
0: I did. And this shows my level. I mean, this is when I think about it, I still can't believe it. So this was this trip to LA was after I had kind of blown up on Twitter and been doing a lot of stand up and was gaining some traction in that world. And I was doing a stand, I was going to do like a legit stand up show in LA, which I was really excited about. And the same way I was a big fan of Allison's, I was a big fan of Doug Benson's and became friends with him kind of in a similar way. And he had asked if I wanted to be not on the show but in the audience of getting high, getting Doug with high his uh, YouTube show. And it was the same night as um, Allison Rosen is Your Best Friend recording. And I had to pass up getting to see Doug's live show to do Allison's show. And I don't regret it for a second. But it was a pinch yourself moment. Like, here I was a huge fan of these people. And now they're kind of – I am overbooked in getting to do awesome stuff with both of them. It was really – you got it right. A pinch you moment.
1: Wow. That's – I know we all – everyone listening right now is like, can we please trade places with you? I know Raphael has been on the show, but he, he did have to pay for it, but it's still, still, we're all very jealous of that. I did have
2: to pay a ton of money, but it was totally worth it. But I do want to mention, because you're also kind of a Doug Benson super fan, that if people listen to Doug Loves Movies, you were on his podcast when he was in Philly a few months back, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, that was super fun and exciting. um, so yeah, that was also an, a dream. Doug has allowed me to to open for him when he's performed in Philly, which I mean that was truly as much as I love being on the podcast, being able to open for him and do stand up like with him with his audience, um really was a dream come true. And you know, I've uh joke writing and stand up and the podcast and everything that all the stuff that I've committed so much time and love to because I'm such a huge comedy fan, podcast fan. To put so much love into it and then get that back was, an, honestly, dream from true, like, fantasy fulfilled. I mean, I still want more, <laughs> but, uh, it was really great. He's the, he is such a nice guy, Doug Benson. If, I'm sure a lot of Allison fans are probably also Doug fans, I know they're friends. Um, he's super chill, obviously a big stoner, and the nicest dude you'll ever meet, so, go Doug. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I know a lot of a lot of us are, are Doug fans for sure. And I'm curious, you know, listening to Randy Pants, a couple of things, and I think we kinda of talked about it, is when you are a fan, you are all in. It sounds mm-hmm. like it, but you take it to the next level, which is which is awesome. Being invited to be on shows that you're a fan of is just beyond me. Are you also in love with Twitter as much as you were?
0: I am, you know, it's slow I have to say, like it's almost one of those things where like Nothing can, when you're into something really intensely, it's hard to make that last forever, that, at the height of your intensity, I guess, when you're, um, so I got into Twitter, like, hard and fast, and was tweeting at least every day. Now I'm still re- really into it. I love it. It has afforded me so many amazing opportunities. Uh, and it's, it's really because of Twitter that I've gotten to do all these stand-up shows and podcasts. Um, but maybe I tweet once or twice a week now because I just, I just like, I feel like I would it wouldn't be healthy to be as into it as I was <laughs> when I was really into it, but I still absolutely love it. I've made some of my closest friends, like my friend, Nick, who I did the podcast with, he's a Twitter friend. Um, so yeah, I mean like real, it's translated to real life friends, real life opportunities. I love Twitter.
1: I think it's my, definitely my chosen form of social media, my favorite one at least. And it's it is weird to tell people oh you're hanging out with people you met on twitter you know people that aren't into that they don't really understand and this whole show started on twitter and then we started meeting each other and we've become like this group and this family and we all get together a couple times a year now and go see Allison or get or sometimes like last year everyone came to my house we had a big sleepover and we did or re- recorded an episode and had a big Allison Rosen weekend and you know, when my neighbor said, oh, who's coming over? I said, oh, some people I met on Twitter. They just don't understand. But, you know, they've become some of my closest friends. It's kind of amazing.
0: Social media is amazing in that way. I mean, just the idea that you can be into something niche like the like Alison Rosen show. I mean, Alison Rosen show is a huge audience for a podcast. I don't mean a niche in a, to to bring it to belittle it in any way, but it's a very specific thing. And I think, you know, and if we were from a different generation, that would be something you'd be into in a bubble or wouldn't exist at all. But now you're in a world where you can connect with people all over the world who have that same passion that you do. It's really incredible. And as far as Twitter, I totally get it. Because when I got into Twitter, I went to tweet-ups all the time. There were tons of tweet-ups in New York. And since I'm in Philly, that's pretty close. And, like, everyone would be like, you're crazy. You're, like a married 33 year old lady who's going to New York to meet people from the internet. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they're all hilarious and super fun. So
1: it's the best. It does sound like a recipe for disaster, but it has been so (laughs) positive for, for me, everything's been positive. And you, you
2: talking about that makes me seem somewhat normal because if it wasn't for Twitter, I wouldn't know super fan megan i wouldn't have met lisa i wouldn't have met allison surely and a bunch of other people that i've met that are all just great people and that i feel like are some of my best friends Best. one last thing um you are a patreon supporter right Mm -hmm, i am that's how i knew at the lowest
0: level though so i don't know if i see everything you guys
2: do (laughs) well i remember like when Patre- when she started doing Patreon, I would occasionally see occasionally see Randy L posted like a comment and I'd be like, That has to be Randy Lawson. And I was like, for sure, we gotta get her on this show. And it took a while for me to <laughs> bring it up, but it happened and I'm so happy.
1: I know. Round Thank of you. applause. <laughs> I'm so
0: happy to be here. It's really cool to talk to other people who have such similar passions. I mean I've listened to so many podcasts over the years and I get into certain spurts where I listen to some more than others. Um, but Allison's one that since I first heard her on Corolla, I've consistently listened to. I think she just um, something about her tone and her vibe and her comedy and her way have connected with all of us um, to create this kind of fan loyalty really says something about her.
1: I totally agree. And I think that she draws a certain type of fan Whereas with Corolla, I can't see them all getting together and having a sleepover <laughs> in a weird way. You know, it's just, it's very, she just draws a certain kind of person that we're all kind of alike. I mean, there have been a few duds, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, but we all just get along and, and it's, uh, she's creates other, I don't know, just her touch just creates a lot of things that are amazing. And totally. you're right, I do the same thing where I'll listen to certain things, I'll get into it for a couple of weeks, and then I'll change over to something else. But, yeah, Allison's the constant always since she started her show. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any any chance that you'll be on her show in the future? I would absolutely
0: love that. Obviously, it was such a cool experience, and um, I would love to be able to be on a show in Dining Room Studios as as opposed to the, the Corolla um a studio which was really cool um but i would like to think that if i made my way out to la again that she would have me um we're in, in contact quite a bit because i i do graphic design for her still so we have like you know a relationship somewhat outside of the I mean, obviously i'm a fan and she knows i listen to her show and i'm a fan but we have a relationship outside of the the fan celeb relationship so i'd like to think that she would have me on her show and also i know that She's on the show anymore, but because I was on the show with Jenna, we also became friendly and are social media friends and message once in a while. So um, I don't know. I really hope that I could be again. I would love to travel out to the West Coast again. I really wish she would take her uh, podcast on tour the way other podcasts have, but I also know, especially with having Elliot now, it's, it's probably less likely. But anyway, yes, it would be a dream to go on again. I would absolutely love it. So uh, fingers crossed, maybe someday.
1: You know what? I did kind of forget that you are in Philly. So that is a huge thing. I bet with the whole Thursday show with Greg leaving and with the Kim Joneses leaving that you probably would have been on speed dial for the rotation of, of Thursday show guests. I, I imagine.
0: Oh, thank you. That That's a that's a really huge compliment uh, to hear from you guys as big Alison Rosen fans to think that to hear that from you means a lot to me. Cause that would, that would honestly be a dream. I mean, of course, I would love to continue the Randy pants show or have another, great podcast someday, but I mean, I'd rather be on Allison's show than anything else. <laughs>
1: <Obviously>. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't know if you're supposed to talk about this or if we can, but so you designed her book cover that's coming out, correct? I did
0: design her book cover. Um, you know, I'm not a voracious reader, I must admit, uh, just because I'm such a voracious podcast listener and TV watcher, but Uh, I cannot wait to read her book. Uh, She's such a great writer and has such a a great style. Obviously, it's similar to the the way that she speaks in her podcast. Uh, So I had actually made a promise to myself, no more freelance work, because uh, I have a a full-time, kind of more than full-time art director job, and then I have uh, a family now. And I also do work for graphic design. I'm the graphic designer for my husband's studio whenever bands need work or anything like that. So I'm my pretty book. So I made a commitment, no more graphic design. And then like the next day, Allison emailed and she's like, so I have a book coming out. And I was like, oh, well, (laughs) I have to like, forget that like resolution thrown away. Like I cannot turn down this opportunity. It was more like, I felt like, yes, I don't have time. But when that book comes out, if it's someone else's design, I will be hating myself forever.
1: That's so (laughs) true.
0: I don't want anyone else to have it. (laughs) It was mine.
1: (laughs) And I know not everyone has seen the cover or the the possible covers, but the Patreon subscribers have seen the different versions of it, and it's awesome. And I I just can't wait. You're right. If if, if it went out there and your design wasn't on the cover, you would be kicking yourself. And you did a great job.
0: (laughs) I was so nervous when she decided to do that because, um, you know, I know that at that point her, and I'm not on the Patreon level where I could see her posting those or read the comments that people had made. But at that point in the the design, Allison and I had already solidified the main illustration. And I believe what she was asking you guys was your choice of font and color. So I was like, Oh no, what if the fans don't like the illustration? Then we're back to square one. I was like, I hope they like the illustration. Like whatever they think about fonts and color, that's fine. But <laughs> we can't like, the <laughs> illustration is done. <laughs> so um, I'm really glad you guys like it.
1: Yeah, I, I think everyone was positive. I don't think anyone could agree on which color they liked the best. It's just every it, everything was positive. Oh, I like this one for sure. And everyone, I like that one for sure. So, all right. Alice is just going to have to make up her mind. I was going to say, it was a, a challenging um, – project because as
0: any one of her listeners know that you know she has she's gone back and forth of what her aesthetic should be i mean i think her podcast is to a certain extent although it has a lot of male listeners a certain like um i don't want to say feminine because that that sounds weird but like uh you know uh like the her how she's talked about her aesthetic being too feminine but yet at the same time it needs to be quirky and fun and lighthearted and she's gone back and forth on that so i really wanted to find something that felt her without um, going into any of the territories that she kind of wanted to avoid and also have something that, like, told the story in a, a quick, fun way and, you know, was appealing. I don't know, all the things that, all the design challenges you get when you have a book cover to do. Um, and also because I'm such a huge fan, uh, it meant so much to me. I really wanted to, to do a good job. <laughs> when you do when you do graphic design for one of your heroes, you need it to, I don't know, it's a lot more pressure. You put a lot more pressure on yourself than you would for your everyday stuff.
1: Oh, my God. I just got nervous for you thinking about <laughs> getting asked by Allison to do anything. Like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I, I think somebody suggested put up, you know, a couple of prints up, you know, up on a shelf or something. And what's the one you would be drawn to? But your basic, the, the, the design that you made was awesome. And it's so clearly, Allison, I think you pinpointed just right, just having both. You know she's girly, but you just still want to have that edge, and I think it was perfect for for Allison.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that because I know I hope everyone goes out and buys her book, even and reads her book, even people who aren't necessarily her podcast listeners. Because I think anyone couldn't would and could enjoy it. But I know that um, her listeners and her fans are the ones who are going to be for sure buying and enjoying it. So to hear from you guys that you really like it um, makes me feel like it was a job well done. And that's what I'm, that's my goal. So
1: that's, thank you so much. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. It's so nice to hear. Um, Well, I'm having way too much fun talking to you. I guess we have to talk about the episodes, don't we, Ruffy? Eventually. (laughs) All right. All right. Shall we talk about the Monday episode then? Sure. All right. If we come up with anything else we need to ask you, we'll just throw stuff out. Is that okay, Randy? Just. It's like,
0: of course, yeah. No, I, I love talking about myself. <laughs>
1: okay, good. And we have Tourette, so it's perfect. It's a good combination. Great. Okay, so Jake Weisman was on the first episode of the year, Monday episode, and um, he was—he is friends with Greg Heller. Which, whenever I hear, my ears perk up when I hear Greg Heller. So I got so excited, like, oh, he's friends with Greg Heller. Greg Heller hired him, at least. That's close enough for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I and I have you ever met Greg Keller, Randy? I have
0: not I have not met Greg Keller. He joined the show after I was on it and just no. <laughs> but he I really liked him on the show, so I was disappointed when he left.
1: I think he's one of my favorites. I wish he would come back and I love that Colonel Jeff was doing all the Greg drops because just hearing his voice again, I think, oh I'm so glad to hear his voice again. It's nice. Greg has and
0: such it, a really unique personality and such yes. an unapologetic sense of uh, self-confidence that's that's not cocky but is like he owns who he is and nope and there's I don't know that's that's something really rare and really good for podcasts
1: he has so much confidence and charm without being a complete asshole like he he's very opinionated but somehow I just I want to go with whatever he says like yeah that makes sense you're probably yeah. right <laughs> When we met him at Podfest and he was just, he looks, and I've said this before, he's like a perfect, compact, perfect little man, just and so confident and charming and you just want to talk to him all day. He's just so great. And I remember when he first sort of joined the show, it was sort of, um, I don't know about this guy and his voice and, but but then, you know, hashtag more Greg, that's, that's how, that's what it turned into. Yeah, Totally. So Jake Weisman is from the show Corporate, which I have not seen yet, but I love this sort of premise. And it, I guess it's like American Psycho crossed with, is it Office or Office Space? I, I, I didn't hear the whole part. The Office? I don't remember. But I know. It's, I don't either. It's
2: a, it's a workplace I've... comedy. And <laughs> really, th- this, like I just, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm starting a new job. And this really was like an episode that spoke to me because going to work and just hating life was my reality for uh, however long I've been working. So this episode was uh, a little too real for me, but I think I need to check the show out. Have either of you seen it?
0: I haven't seen it, but it does sound, it totally sounds interesting. And I believe it's only a half an hour, right? I think so. Because I feel like I miss the half-an-hour shows. I feel like every show I end up binge-watching or getting into is at least an hour long, and I miss those quick 22 or so I need a new one of those to pick up.
1: This sounds really good. It's funny because I haven't had an oppressive office job since I was probably 16. <laughs> so, But I don't know why this sort of humor and this sort of show always appeals to me, and I don't know if it's because I just dodged a huge bullet or why. Maybe also because I've seen my mom go through it. And she had to live through all these things. And I just think it's really – it's funny because I think most of America has to live through this. Randy, have you ever had an impressive office job? Uh,
0: No. You know, I've been really fortunate in doing – having graphic design jobs that I really love. I mean, I work – I sit at a computer all day in fluorescent lighting and work in an office. That's for sure. And I have worked consistently like, quote, unquote, nine-to-five kind of jobs but I've been fortunate enough to have those be creative jobs. But I have to say like, like he was talking about being a comedy writer still ends up being a job, that kind of thing. As much as a creative job can be this, there is still a certain grind um, to being sitting still all day and at a computer that I think even when you have a creative job, I think that can wear on you the same way any office job could.
1: Very true. Although go, I mean, at least going is something you're like, you, you like doing it maybe, but Having those people around you where you think, can we all just have fun so we can get through the day? We all hate being here. (laughs) You know, I just don't understand those people, the hierarchy of I need to treat you like shit because we're in this office. And it's just, I don't, I don't understand that, that kind of lifestyle. And I feel bad for you, Raphael, that you have to live through any of this kind of stuff. Well, fortunately, my
2: new job, I am enjoying a lot more. But for a long time, that was my reality.
0: Do your coworkers know you have a podcast?
2: God, no. Um, no. Um, actually, this week I was um, listening to the Randy Pan show and I was taking notes. And this guy goes, what are you taking notes? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what What do you get a test? And I was like, something like that. I didn't want to be like, well, actually, because this was like a 50 some year old truck driver. I don't think he knows what a podcast is. So I just kept that to myself.
0: Oh, I just said that would be a big can of worms to open, like oh, to try to explain yeah. to someone who doesn't even know what a podcast is, what you're doing. Yeah.
1: Right. That's so many levels of I'm taking notes on a podcast for someone else's show to be on our show.
0: Do I have a podcast yeah. about a podcast? I'm listening to someone else's podcast. <laughs> and I'm interviewing them for my podcast. that's about a podcast.
1: <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Never going to ask you a question again. Maybe that's the, maybe that's a hint.
2: I missed
1: an opportunity there. You did. Um, This whole episode, it was sort of not morose. It was just maybe a little too real for our first episode into the new year. But I do think it was kind of perfect, actually, for Allison, because, you know, she does think a lot of negative thoughts, but then she's also, like she said, a Pollyanna. I think it's a good mixture. And this show was kind of like that. Um, Jake was talking about Our system, basically like our college system, but our system in general doesn't prepare us for life. And that couldn't be more truthful. I remember I got kicked out of high school and I went to a continuation school. And that school, I learned so much more about life than I did at the other school that I went to. And then going to college, you know, you just, I mean, archaeology, really, I don't, you know what I mean? It just doesn't really prepare you for anything. There's no learning about money. There's no anything like that. And it's, it's hard when someone says something that's so true. It's even like when he was saying that none of us are really living authentically, which I wonder how life would be if I live authentically. So I don't know if, if any of that resonated with either of you.
2: I would say that school definitely doesn't prepare you for life and that's why I quit so early.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think about like, when people, even with a, a one year old, people are like, where well, she's going to go to college someday. And I was like, I hope she goes to college if there's something she wants to do. And for that, she needs an, a degree in that thing. I don't know if by, in, you know, 17 years, if just going to college after high school is going to be the answer.
1: I feel like true. it's
0: a huge amount of money to take on. And unless it's something where it's a vocation that you know you want to learn or feel to study that truly interests you just to go i I mean, I'm hoping we're in a family band that's super successful by the time she's 12, and you know, I can just live off of her and be a momager. But in case she does end up wanting to go to college, I hope it's with some direction.
1: Oh my god, I would totally go see you guys play. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> How can uh, I monetize? Yes. Have... <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, the landscape has changed so much, and the route you go to get to success. And going to college doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore, unless, like you said, there's a chosen field that you're going to school for. I mean, if they're undecided, yeah, go to two-year community college, get your AA, and just kind of dabble in everything. Then you can kind of maybe find something, or you go to a trade school. I feel the same way. You just want to know what they're into to guide them to where they need to go. Now, if they're going to be in the leader of a band, then that's where you need to push them. (laughs) Exactly. So Jake, uh, he was talking about the rules of dating. And I agree with Alice and I. I'm so glad I don't have to date or... I missed the whole online dating thing. I bypassed all of that and I feel very lucky for that. But men right now have a really hard job of figuring out where they stand (laughs) anywhere. So I don't... I, I wouldn't even know how to... Like, Raphael, if you're out somewhere and you want to hold a door open, are you afraid you're going to offend someone by offering to pay or open a door? Or I just you have to tiptoe around everything now. I just trying to figure out where everybody is at the moment.
2: You know, I feel like maybe that might be an L.A. specific problem. I've never encountered that. And I think I'm a relatively decent person. So if I open a door and someone's like, why are you holding that open? I would just shut it and walk inside, you know, like the fuck do I care? But uh, maybe it's different in LA, but I feel like we're civilized here in Colorado.
1: <laughs> Brandy, have you, how long have you been with your husband? I don't know. Have you had to deal with any of this stuff and has he had to deal with any of this stuff?
0: I've been in my husband for almost 16 years. Oh, wow. So okay. we def- Yeah, we definitely miss the online dating thing. And I do feel fortunate for that because that seems just super complicated. And it's as much as I'm, I'm – I know lots of people who have met and fallen in love on the Internet. I, I, I'm glad I got to meet him, like, organically. Um, I don't know. The whole men thing, I feel like there was a big sentiment going around on Twitter that people said very cleverly, which I won't now. But I'll try to, to say that the men who are sitting there right now who are super worried, like, uh, those are the guys who probably something to be worried about and the nice guys who usually treat people with respect are probably going to be okay. You know, like just like, uh, Rafi was saying, like he's genuinely, generally nice and thoughtful kind of kind person. So, uh, um, unless he encounters a a person who's really, you know, easily offended or crazy, he'll probably be fine. I think it's just, it's mostly the skeezy guys who have to learn how to reel it in now that didn't used to have to reel it in.
1: That's so true. I, Every time someone else is outed every single day and I think all those guys at home that are their butts are puckering, just waiting to be, <laughs> something's yeah. happening. I, oh my gosh. It, the whole, everything is just changing. It's kind of, it's such a weird transition right now. But okay, so you've been with your hu- husband for 16 years. I've been married for almost 14 years and with him for four. So roughly the, the same. I It's just, it's easier. I don't know what, I, I would just be probably a nun if I... <laughs> I I'm just done. I'm good. Yeah, I don't have, I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. But do they let nuns smoke and drink nowadays?
2: Shut up. I don't smoke. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm talking about <laughs> uh, your neighbor giving you medicinal treats.
1: Oh, how they everyone wants to give me pot. I don't know why. I guess maybe they think I need to relax. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just have a huge stash of it now, but I don't, don't smoke any of it. If there were more nuns
2: like you, I'd probably be more religious.
1: (laughs) Oh, that was really, (laughs) that was really nice. I'm like, if there's somebody here can get that drop, please do. (laughs) Uh, What do you think about Jake's opinion about being born with a good brain? And that's why you're a good person. You're not, you're not learning right from wrong from religion or from whatever it is. It's just your brain is good. You're going to be a good person. That's just it.
2: Yeah, this is something that's come up before, I think, and uh, I feel the same way. Like, I think Al- Allison mentioned it. Like, uh, what, like, religion is like keeping certain people in line. Like, how you know, if it weren't for my religion, like, I'd be out stabbing people or something. Like, no, you're just a regular person. Yeah, I, I don't know because I only know how to be, like I said, just a generally decent person. I I can't imagine. I feel like it's the opposite. If you have a if you have the fucked up brain, then yeah, you're going to be, you know, torturing women in a basement somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think uh in this world like it's a a big combination of nature and nurture. I think are are pretty equal. And as far as religion goes, I mean um I grew up in a pretty religious Jewish household and I think that I appreciate the traditions and everything, but I think it's just modeling after my parents who I think are good people, which tries to make me be a good person, not the religious end of it.
1: That makes sense. And I, and I've definitely known some crazy people that are religious where you're like, oh, I don't think you, uh, I'm doing such a good job.
0: Well, it's easy sometimes to, you can point your, you can blame your religion for some of your, um, just cruel and abhorrent beliefs these days in my opinion. So you know, not having religion to fall back on means you own those opinions, uh, which some people I think don't want to do.
1: Ooh, well said.
0: That's as political as I get.
1: Oh, who knows? Are you, are you drinking anything? We could get more. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do either of you have anything else for Monday before we go on to Thursday?
0: I actually thought it was interesting at the end of the show when Allison kind of asked him to hang out as friends or brought that up because I'm sure that I'm assuming Jake is not like a, a listener of her show. So I don't think he, if he quite realizes that's not something she always does. Um, even though it's called Alison Rosen your new best friend, she doesn't often, or at least on air, reach out to her guests to, to try to be friends outside of the show. So I felt like that was kind of a bold and interesting move. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was well, like, I'm sure you, you guys as like um, her, her fans were pro- were probably like picked up on that too.
1: That's a very good point, and you're right because he might think she says that to everybody. But I really was thinking like, Do, does she really want to hang out with him? Does she picture her and Daniel going out and hanging out with this with this dude? I I'm not sure. They were they were kind of similar, and I would say to Daniel too as
0: much as I feel like we know Daniel because of the podcast, but like there's something to be said for someone who has kind of a dark sense of humor and a dark way of viewing the world, but also has this amazing light inside that makes them funny and a really good, kind person at the same time. And I think that's one of the things that, like, makes Allison and also Daniel so appealing to listen to. And it seems like Jake is a a kind of a similar type of outlook.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say, is that I feel like there's a dark side to him, but you can tell he's a good person, and I think that's what she's picking up on. That's why she wants to be friends with him. Um, I can't remember the last time she did that, but I feel like she did that sometime in the last year with someone else. If someone knows, they'll probably tell us. But um, one thing I did want to mention about this episode is that she did not pick my question. And there were very few questions for Jake on Twitter. And I feel like maybe mine got misunderstood. So if you follow him on Uh Instagram, he has a bit where he poses with knives, or he'll, like, write something out with knives. And he's big on knives. I don't know the origin of this bit, but I know about it, even though I don't follow him. Um, so I, I just wrote on Twitter because I saw that there was, you know, a lack of questions. And I was like, well, I should add something to this. And I asked, what's your favorite kind of knife? Like, fixed blade, uh, foldable, serrated, just a... Plain old knife, I don't know what I wrote. Didn't get didn't get favorited, and now I think Allison's like, he's some kind of knife loving psycho. But he's because... like the
0: the Bubba Gump shrimp of knives, like serrated
2: knives,
1: blade knives, <laughs> <laughs> like naming knives. You May have scared her off you're never going to her house ever again.
2: Oh, don't worry. When I see her in person in San Francisco, I'll make sure to mention it. But
1: Oh, good. Maybe you'll have her sign your knife like I had Colonel Jeff sign mine at PodFest.
2: Yeah. I might, I might leave the knives at home, but um, I, I'm going to clarify to her that I'm not a psycho, which I think she already knows.
1: <laughs> you're ultra-fan, Raphael. I think... I think uh, she she probably just thought you were going to she was going to run out of time or something. We'll go with that. Plus, Uh, of course, she's going to ask the Greg Heller question like hell yes. (laughs) The fact that he took the time because he's very stingy with his Twitter uh, postings or likes or anything. So for him to want to add a question is good.
2: Yeah. And actually, I just remembered one last thing about this episode that I liked. I like that he didn't let Jeff off when, I forget what they were talking about. I think it was about cats, maybe. And he said, you're on thin ice, buddy. He goes, no, you're on thin ice because I called you out. I like that.
1: It was for brewing beer and I was very angry. Oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Brews by Don and to uh,
1: Paul. I was defensive for Colonel Jeff. I'm like, don't call him out. <laughs> Shall we go on to Thursday? Of course. Mm-hmm. So we were her little homemade mint chocolate chip ice cream cones, a carb that was sent in by our very own superfan Megan over Patreon, which was a tie-in to, I guess, Daniel being obsessed with trying to learn how to make the best mint chocolate chip ice cream. Did did Megan know that ahead of the time? What what the hell? <laughs> he um,
2: he posted an Instagram story uh, oh, recently. right, right, right. And that's where it's from. And very wise of Megan to use that as the carb because I tried to come up with one and I had nothing. Did you see what I put? I did read them, but I don't remember.
1: Um, It was Champagne Coolies. <laughs> it was a Seinfeld. I had to do a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> but I think Paul, another shout out to Paul. I think yeah, he, he had the best one. It was Black Eyed Peas for good luck for, in the new year. And I thought that was really cool. That was smart. But it didn't get picked.
0: I need to start getting on Patreon more. I really um don't. Go, I usually go on. I signed up so I could get the extra episode a month. Uh, but I need to start like reading the message boards more and getting getting uh more into it and submitting carbs.
1: <laughs> For sure, at least the submitting carbs. It's hard on the message board message boards because it's uh, not very interactive. It doesn't have not that I need any more notifications in my life, but if somebody <laughs> likes your post or. If they reply to it, it will show up, but it doesn't show up if anybody's made any comments or anything on her post. So it's kind of, I forget it's there. And But the carp thing is cool. As soon as she sends that, out, I'm like, okay, I need to get one on there. But um, I still have not. And the whole Patreon thing is is so much fun. And supporting her on there is awesome. And the gifts that we get for the Fan club status or level status. <laughs> okay. Uh, the level that we um, subscribe to is so fun because you get all these fun things in the mail and she sends little things. And even Daniel made a homemade Christmas ornament this past, last month for our Patreon gift. It was awesome.
0: Oh, so nice. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Really, really cool. But the last bonus episode was her interviewing herself. And I feel like those are probably the most popular because everyone has so many questions for her, which is so awesome. And I yeah. still haven't finished it all, but it's a really good episode so far. No, oh, I
0: haven't I don't think I've heard that one yet. That's the thing, you're right with Patreon because you don't I don't get alerts. It's like I only check it when I like think about, <laughs> think about it. So yeah, I have to listen to that.
1: So maybe during the next live stream you need to be a part of it. Ooh. The way yeah. Jenna was. Yeah, totally. That would be fun. Uh, she did a little bit of a, uh, sorry, she did a Sketchfest update. And Raphael, I know you were a little apprehensive about her doing a dance for Sketchfest, but now I hear there are multiple dances and they sound kind of like a herky jerky type of dances. Um, how are you feeling about this?
2: Uh, you know, first I was a little apprehensive. And then because the Throwing Shade uh, cast, you know, gave their cosign, I was on board. And now I'm all in. If she's having multiple dances, I say, fuck it, go 100%. And it seems like that's what she's doing.
1: I feel like we all need to pack our tap shoes and rape whistles and join in at least for one of the dances.
2: <laughs> I own neither, so I'm going to have to borrow
1: some things. Right. <laughs> I'm sure you have both, for starters. Uh, Randy, are you, you're probably not going to Sketchfest because you are not coming to California anytime soon.
0: No, I'm not going to Sketchfest. Uh, it sounds awesome, and I wish that I could, but um, I hope that someone posts video or YouTube clips of it or something, or you guys will have to, to talk all about it, because it is a quite a visual endeavor for a podcast, so I'm disappointed I won't be able to see it.
1: I just can't imagine. First first of all, if you're dancing, that's a huge thing. If you're dancing around maybe Jordan Morris and David Huntsberger, then that's a different thing from Janine Garofalo. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I could dance in front of these people. <laughs> Janine Garofalo, that's someone
0: who I think the, the podcast episode, the podcast episode is going to be awesome. And you guys are going to have an amazing time and I'm so jealous, but I would love to see Janine Garofalo on a Monday show. Cause I'm sure she has such a yes. deep, interesting story, but I understand the, the kind of Monday show um, vibe is, is not something that necessarily translates in like a, a comedy live show. Um, so hopefully she'll have her on the Monday show sometime to go deep.
1: I would love that. She would they be went. a perfect Monday guest. Yeah, I, true. I wonder how long. I don't even know I, the whole thing. I'm so excited for it. It's next week. We're all meeting up, and we're all renting a house, and we're even going to go to the whole the hotel Utah where Greg Heller had his California asshole drink made for him. Which I don't think we're actually going to drink that, but this is like the real sign to- for. Yes, it is. Oh, it's, it's Story. Yes, is the Allison Rosen reality tour? Oh my God, that's what it's going to be called. But we'll for sure record her doing the dance. I, I just can't picture any of it, and I'm so excited for all of it. And she'll be at Jordan Jesse Go and another show on Sunday, which I still need to buy my tickets for. But her show is sold out. I'm so excited for her, and I know she is nervous about it. Probably because it is so different and then she goes ahead and adds dancing to the mix, which yeah. maybe is not good for your nervousness, but I'm pretty excited about it.
0: Maybe it's one of those things where you like you displace your feelings like you're so nervous about interviewing Jeannie Garofalo that you have to throw something in that would make you even more nervous than that, which is like doing a choreographed dance number so you can put all of your nervous energy into that part of it. I don't have anything
1: left well, for the interview. That is so smart. I think you might be right. I just picture, I picture (laughs) (laughs) dirty, I was picturing dirty dancing when, I forgot her name, when baby, I guess, when she was doing the dance and she forgot it and she did like the thumb move. And that's what I'm picturing Allison (laughs) doing for some reason. Um, But I'm, yeah, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a lot of fun and we'll have to record something while we're there. So she, okay, so she wanted to make an easy segue by mentioning her water intake which, number one, I love that Demi was like, you don't like water? Who doesn't like water? Because I'm obsessed with it. I love water. And to not like it is so strange to me. And to love the refresh soda that she, or whatever it is that she drinks, I I just, I think my body would just reject it. I mean, I drink wine like it's going out of style, but I drink tons of water, too. I can't imagine drinking that refresh soda. Anyway, she was trying to make this, like, a segue into her new sponsor, but everyone just would not... Let it go because she has teeth erosion now. And then the Daniel bleach thing and the whole thing. Randy, do you like drinking water or is this the thing for you too?
0: I connected so hard with this kind of portion of the episode. Uh, Or a few things. Uh, First of all, uh, like she says, water can suck a dick. (laughs) I drink water because I try to be healthy. But I would drink Coke Zero all day, every day. It's really... Coke Zero is my refresh-a. Um, it is really alarming how much I drink Coke Zero. The only thing more alarming than how much Coke Zero I drink is how much spray butter I eat. Holy uh, crap. <laughs> and, I mean, that's been going on definitely pre-Alice and Rosen fandom. So I really connected with this whole thing way too much.
1: <laughs> I feel like David, David mentioning how is – I can't believe it's not butter – not a sponsor yet or the refresh a I don't know because she talks about it all day long <laughs> on her yeah. show and the fact that it has a new name it's better on it's good on everything or whatever Colonel Jeff looked up I uh, I haven't had that spray in a long time I know Fabio maybe turned me off to that but is that your brand of choice as well
0: oh yeah it's exactly the same thing she does and I have very similar habits with it I yeah, I put it on way too much of everything to a point where like, it probably is, is poison. <laughs> and yeah, I, I use it, I use it the way she does. And it, it's, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I, it's similar to what I believe is David Hunsberger said something like, if I saw a babysitter spraying on something my child was going to eat, I would dive like in slow motion, like, um, to like, uh, to try to get it out of their hands. But of course I drown everything in it. Um, so yeah, we're on the same page with that.
1: It's not, yeah, I, think, I think he was saying, I would, I would also rather than be sharpening a knife in the corner or something than yeah. putting that on anything. I don't, I, yeah, the whole thing blows. Do you have like a thin layer of I can't believe it was not butter spray on everything in your kitchen. Are you very good about spraying it in the right direction?
0: Uh, I try to spray it in the right direction, but this is how bad it is. Like I actually feel like when I go too hard on it, I like break out in pimples, but yet (laughs) I still end up going back. Like it's like you, you evil lover who scored me before, but I always go back to you. Like if someone came up with something else that was also tasted like delicious chemicals, but had no calories, AKA Coke zero, I'd, I have a lot of that too, but uh, it's it's <laughs> it's the best almost no calorie thing we got we got out there. So I'm just going to inhale it.
1: <laughs> I think I I love Coke Zero as well. That's probably my soda of choice. I try not to drink too much soda because, as I said before, I do like a lot of water. But I don't understand the cook the diet cook people. That doesn't make any sense to me. And then the refresh a is just. Like Daniel was saying, it's so sweet. And she I I love how she got really defensive. Well, it doesn't have any sugar in it. No, but it's still sweet. It's so, it's not good.
2: Coke Zero is good.
1: I can get behind that. You've never had that. I think, Raphael, didn't you get it on one of your trips out here?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's an East Coast uh, thing, right?
1: Yeah.
2: So one day I was like just wasting time in West Hollywood after I ate some Shake Shack. And then I saw Pavilions and I was like, ooh, I can get Allison's drink. And (laughs) so I go in there and I bought a jug because they sell it in gigantic bottles. I think they're like 32 ounces and they cost like 50 cents. So I bought one of those things and, you know, I cracked it open. I took a sip, you know, it's like lukewarm straight off the shelf. And I was like, oh, this tastes like a weird cherry soda. And I probably threw away all of it. Um, It's definitely... I I can't believe it can legally be called water because it's more soda than water. I I, I can't explain it, but they they sell it. um, I think like we have it here in Colorado. It's in Safeway. So if you have whatever version of pavilions you have in your state, maybe you can find it. And I'm just going to warn you that it's disgusting and you shouldn't drink it. And I'm sorry, Allison, but it's horrific, terrible stuff.
1: Yeah, that aspartame flavor is gross. Isn't that what it is? Ugh, I don't like any of that. So I rather I like sparkling water, and I'm surprised that everyone's kind of poo pooing that. I also don't understand adults that drink milk, but that's another thing too. Um, <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. Do you put I can't believe it's not butter spray on salad like like Allison does?
0: Uh, I have <laughs> really. <laughs> I just well, I guess it's on veggies like. Okay. Not as much. I don't know if I as much prepare a salad and spray it on like a dressing. But if I was snacking on like carrot sticks or celery or that kind of thing, I might spray it on more like a more like a, a dip for veggies than a salad dressing.
1: Oof. <laughs> I just wonder how many people have passed by that bottle in the grocery store, but after hearing, hearing Alice and so long, thinking I'm going to grab one of these and see how my life can change.
0: <laughs> oh, I oh. would. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Doug, I'm not, I'm definitely not, like, I feel like it's like a, you know, it's one of those, like, dirty habits that I have. Yes. That I feel like when I heard Allison first talk about it, I was like, yes, someone who understands, but, like, yeah, it's definitely, <laughs> I don't know if I'm proud of it, but <laughs> <I
1: don't know. laughs> I'm wearing a t shirt right now. Do you have to hide it from your husband or your daughter?
0: Um, I I have not gone ham on I can't believe that's not butter spray in front of my daughter, mostly because like whatever I'm doing she wants to imitate. So I try like yeah. you know, all things to to keep it kind of above board or the things that I would want her to do. And I sometimes I do things that um like just even like opening a bag of my teeth that I realize like I should not have done that in front of her because <laughs> <laughs> she's just at the age where she just mimics everything. So, um but my husband I think has gone through like all the stages of grief about it. And he's finally reached acceptance. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I know there's so many things that I,
1: that I I have to, you know, you sort of hide like, Oh, this is a habit that I've just used to. And then I think, Oh shoot, I don't want my kids to do this. And then, you know, you sort of hide it, but yeah, I was curious if there was, you know, butter, butter spray in the, in the bathroom or something. You're just taking a bath with your butter spray.
0: One of the very few benefits of working opposite schedules, because I work a day job and my husband's mm. industry works mostly nights, is that we don't get many dinners together, so I can have my disgusting, dirty dinner habits mostly privately. <laughs> After my daughter goes to sleep, before my husband gets home, I can, you know, eat my butter spray in peace and solitude.
1: Oh. <laughs> it really isn't enjoyable when someone's watching you with your with your things like that. Yeah. So since it is the new year, I was thinking we should go around. Does anyone have a re- resolution? Did, you, did any of you make resolutions this year? Like, uh, let's see, David. Well, David's resolution was not getting a dog, but he got a dog. Daniel <laughs> wants to be less cynical. I usually do some sort of a resolution. And I think this year I didn't because I never stick to it. But I feel like I'm always trying to change something from week to week. So if I could just stick to that, that would be great. Uh, Randy, did you um, make any resolutions this year? Um, you can, can you curse on this podcast? Oh yeah.
0: Oh, you probably haven't. Um, I always make the same resolution. I have a really hard time sticking with it. It's to stop talking so much shit. I feel like it does not, uh, it's not a flattering look and it doesn't really help me, but I can't help it. I have a, an instinct to gossip and talk trash and I really want to reel it in and I'm making an effort, but I've definitely already broken it and I'm going to keep on trying.
1: <laughs> That's a really good one. I feel like I, I say I don't gossip and I don't really care for it very much, but, but on the other side, I feel like I am the first person talking all kinds of shit on people, but then I'll also be friends with them and I'll, I'll learn my lesson. Okay. I shouldn't have judged so quickly about it that person but that's a really good one uh Raphael how about you
2: so similar to uh Jeff's a few years back I made one where I said I was gonna eat more cake and I maybe had like (laughs) two pieces all year um but this year I didn't really make any but I decided because we we've talked about this on previous shows where I'm not I'm not loving a lot of the JMOs, so my my resolution was to send in more JMOs.
1: Ooh, that's a good
2: one. Yeah, so I've got a few lined up, and I've been meaning to send them, but I've totally forgotten, so i
1: got to get on that. That's really good. I, I guess I could just make a resolution that... And it's always the same. Like I want to lose more weight. Maybe I need to start drinking refresh and spraying, I can't believe it's not butter spray on my food to look like the two svelte ladies <laughs> that are addicted to it. But um, yeah, I think that would be good. I want to be healthier to live longer for my kids. Is that a good one? Oh yeah. Hey, that's, that's really admirable.
2: Okay. I'm going to try to do like a little speed round. Uh, sticking on that, topic of, uh, Jeff saying he wants to eat more tacos, um, Allison said something like, do soft tacos count or something, or something about crunchy tacos, and Demi said, soft tacos are the only tacos, and so recently we did, like, an airing of grievances for Festivus, and then we also did, like, a short, hey, go fuck yourself, I've been meaning to mention this, I don't know where, on Twitter, on here, wherever, Pete, I'm sick of people who you go to a restaurant and it says on the menu street tacos. That's a fucking taco. Get that street word out of here. That's nonsense. If it's a (laughs) crunchy taco, then notify me, but a taco, a soft corn tortilla with meat inside of it. That's a taco period. No, nothing before it, nothing after it. That's a taco and I'm getting too passionate. So I'm going to move on to the next thing that I wrote down. Um, (laughs) Very early in the episode, they mentioned something about uh, Smash Mouth or like a a band like that playing at like a fair and just kind of accepting it. Uh, Rachel told me about something that happened here in Colorado. uh, Last year we went to the Taste of Fort Collins, which is like a bunch of like restaurants and like food trucks come and they play music, you know, and you can try all kinds of food. Smash Mouth was playing at the Taste of Fort Collins one year. And one of the vendors was giving away free bread. And, you know, some people in the crowd may not be fans of the musical stylings of Smash Mouth. So they started throwing the bread at the singer. Aww. He had a bit of a meltdown, yelled at the crowd, uh, threatened to fight that person. And if you would like to look it up, look up Taste the Fort Collins Smash Mouth. On YouTube, there's video. It's kind of funny. At the end, the crowd sings... All the words to All Star, and it all works out in the end. Um, And lastly, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't know if I agree with that. Sure, there's a Christmas party at the beginning. The rest of it doesn't really have much to do with Christmas. I didn't really have much to say, but I enjoy
1: Die Hard. You don't have bombs at Christmas, at your Christmas? I have to plug,
0: my friend, uh, comedian Doogie, you guys know Doogie Horner? He's on Doug show a lot. Um, he has a book out called A Die Hard Christmas. It's really awesome. It actually blew up huge because of this trend. Um, so anyone who's interested should get Doogie Horner's book, uh, Die Hard Christmas, and check it out. So
1: <laughs> I feel like everyone has been talking about Die Hard this Christmas, and I was wondering if it was such, some sort of a trend or what, because I mean Die Hard is obviously an old movie, so that must be the thing then. Like I'm just I think out that of it. It might
0: have like, been the the thing that lit the fire that book coming uh, out.
1: Okay. That is so cool. I know we watch Edward Scissorhands on Christmas Eve. That's our movie of choice. I think we just picked it one one year, and then now the kids, they want it every single year, even though I feel like it's a little dark and a little bit weird. <laughs> but it's still our tradition now. But Die Hard, that might be the next thing. I like that.
2: And lastly, on that same subject, someone on Twitter was like saying Die Hard can't be a Christmas movie because it came out like in August. And then some somebody, I don't know if this is a fact or not, I didn't fact check, but they were like Miracle on 34th Street came out like in May. Oh, that's weird. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with you on the tacos, even though I like crunchy tacos. I agree an actual taco should be corn tortilla and it just, that's just a taco. I agree. I feel like all the people that have the weird things that they like that aren't traditional, they should have all the extra words to say. So I agree with you on that. And I forgot what else you were talking about, but I'm sure I had something really as passionate um <laughs> should we talk about JMOs? let's do it uh rafi did you pick one
2: i didn't but i wanted to talk about the JMO discussion at the end of the thursday episode
1: it was uh from john shember at big shembo christmas music the day after christmas is the worst basically to paraphrase yes let's all talk about that one i think it's a good one
2: Yeah, um, I don't remember what I wanted to talk about specifically, but I remember there was something. So maybe you guys start the convo and I'll remember.
1: Daniel was saying he doesn't understand those people that want to shut it down right away. It's like, are you really feeling Christmas or are you just doing it to roll with the just whatever? That's just, it's Christmas. Now the next day you're just done with everything. Like the tree is out on on the street. You're done. I feel like... I don't want to hear, it's almost worse to hear music two months before Christmas than it is the day after the day after I'm still okay with it. I want the slow wind down. My tree just came down today, which is late for me, but I'll still like it up for new year's just because I like the lights and everything up still. But a lot of times I just feel, I I don't know, but the, and then the whole show, they just started talking about this guy and his, Light, lights on during sex and they just were p- picking apart this JMO, which is one of the <laughs> reasons why sitting in a JMO is a little stressful sometimes because you think, in the wrong hands I could really be picked apart here but the whole show last end of the show was about this one GMO. Uh, Randy, how do you feel about Christmas music the day after Christmas?
0: Well, I love Christmas music because I, I love oldies like mostly my go-to Radio stations and stuff is like the golden oldies or the music of the 50s and 60s. So Christmas music, most of it has that same feel. So I actually enjoy it. Um, As far as taking down Christmas lights and Christmas trees, uh, I grew up super Jewish. So I've never had that. So I can't completely relate. Although I get the idea of like once it's over, you're ready to move on to the next thing. Um, Yeah, I'm like the opposite of Allison in that Allison always tells a story about how she grew up and her parents were like, you're not Jewish. We swear you're not Jewish. Like I'm the opposite. I feel like every day I woke up, my parents were like, we're so Jewish. We're Jewish. So I don't know from Christmas trees. Um, uh, But uh, I feel like the lights, the sex thing is one of those things where I think the person who submitted it was trying to like, you know, be a little clever, but I think the question of turning on the lights after sex is more interesting one than throwing out the lights after Christmas. So I can see why that got switched around.
1: That's very true. And you're right. He was probably just trying to be clever, as far as you know, you want after you have sex, you just want to kind of like hang out. If the lights aren't on, you don't want to throw the spotlight on. So it is kind of a jarring experience. So I understand what you're saying, but yeah, you're right. It is more the the shame of the lights and every I don't know. The whole conversation was just hilarious, and I think Demi and David being on, they they play well off each other. They're very good at improv. Which is something so uh, foreign for me. And listening to them work off of each other is really, really fun to listen to. Um, Raphael, do you still have your tree up?
2: It's not my tree. It's Rachel's tree. It is up. And I told her today, when are these things coming down? And I I didn't mean to, like, you know, say, hey, get the shit out of here. Trouble in paradise. (laughs) But I'm just curious because, uh, you know, if it were me, I don't think I would, you know, December 26th, you know, start taking stuff down. But I feel like once the new year starts, it's time to start packing it in. And I did remember uh, what, I, what I was wanting to talk about, about the JMO. I'm not a fan of Christmas music, whether it's, you know, the mild rape vibes of Baby It's Cold Outside. Love that song. <laughs> I, I, I just am not a fan. I, I don't want to hear it. Maybe it's because I had no real christmas celebrations as a child that i don't have any fondness for the music but i feel like i could do without it and i feel like one month out of the year with it on the radio is one month too many
1: Ooh. now i do like it only after december 1st before that i don't want to hear it i also feel the same as randy as i like all of the old timey christmas music the new stuff eh, i could care less about but I do like the spirit that it puts you in when you're shopping at a store and you hear that music, or when we're at home and we're decorating the tree. We have the Christmas music on, and it's it's a part of the whole experience, and I I love all of it. But yeah, the day after it doesn't bother me so much, but three or four days, like I don't want to see any Christmas commercials. I don't want to see any. I don't want to hear the music, but seeing the tree free outside maybe a day after i feel like it is a spent condom so it is almost like the lights are just thrown on like you're that's out a of you're yeah. so maybe, maybe that maybe that's another
0: the climate yeah, maybe that's where he was going with it like yeah
1: like i feel sorry for it you're praised for a, a month and now you're just tossed aside like a little yeah, yeah. so maybe that that's where he was going with it. So it was a worthy JMO to really pick apart. I'm glad that that was the one that they chose for Thursday. I, hopefully he feels the same way. He sends in a lot of them. So hopefully he feels good about that. Um, I think that's a good place to end it on the spent condom of Christmas. Uh, <laughs> Randy, I cannot thank you enough for being on. I hope so much. Number one, I would love for you to be back on here. But if you could be on Allison's show again, maybe we need to make that happen. We'll have to put, put the word out. Although I don't think you need the word out. It's, it's going to happen anyway, if you're in town. Um, thank you for being on the show. It's been so cool to have you on.
0: Well, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, it's, this has been such a fun experience. Um, you know, I, I don't, none of my like, uh, quote unquote real life friends are Allison listeners. So it's really special to, get to talk to people who are into this same, very specific thing I'm into. And you guys are super funny and fun. So it's been great. And yeah, go ahead and put it in Allison's ear how much you'd love to have me on the show, because even if it doesn't happen for who knows what I'm out in California, it is always nice to to know that I'm in the back of her mind as a potential guest again, because um, being on her show is awesome. And uh, yeah, so I really appreciate
1: you guys having me on. Thank you.
0: Follow me everywhere. Thank you
1: so much. <laughs> we Yes, we will. I have, Where can we find you?
0: Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at, at Randy Lawson, R-A-N-D-I-L-A-W-S-O-N, and the same thing on Instagram as well.
1: Perfect. And anybody out there that wants to be on this show, email the show at bffancast at gmail.com, follow the show on Twitter at bffancast. follow me at GMOs and bfs. and Lil Rafi, where can we find you?
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter. It doesn't really matter, though. You should absolutely follow Randy Lawson on Twitter. If you haven't already, you're fucking up, because... Like, I I mentioned to Randy when we were chatting that I'm a Randy Lawson fan. Like, even if she wasn't an Allison fan, like, go through and, like, if you Google her name, you'll see, like, her top tweets. And, like, you'll be like, how did I not know about her? She deserves a much bigger platform than she has. And she's, like, Twitter famous. And if you're not following her, you're fucking up. Follow her Instagram. She has an adorable cat, an adorable daughter. Her husband seems cool as fuck. Um, and also, go back and listen to the Randy Pants show. I want to start a campaign to get her back on Allison's show, yes. but I'm going to start a campaign to start the Randy yes. Pants show again. The production <laughs> awesome. is top-notch. There are segments. Episode 2 has, like, a mistaken voicemail bit that had me dying.
0: That's 100% by the way. <laughs> yeah,
2: I could tell. But enough of that. Uh, just follow Randy. Your life will be better for it.
1: Thank you so much. Even if you're looking for flavored Vagisil, just oh whatever my, it is, it's, it's <laughs> hilarious. Is the place to go. My hand I was literally work. trying to eat lunch yesterday. Listening to that. I'm like, oh, that's good. <laughs> Thank you, Raphael, for doing this with me. Thank you, Randy. This was awesome. Uh, Brittany, I love you. I hope you love the show. Thank you and good night.
2: Night on a romantic mood. Yeah. Let's take a shower. Shower together. I'll wash your dick. You wash my yeah. dad.